While living up to its concept, Queeby was only a quick bite. Oh no. The social network streaming service is shutting down after one, two, three, four, four or five months of operation. Wow. During a global pandemic in which we're all <laughs> trapped inside. Um, I think maybe proving that nobody signed up for it. Nobody wants it. It couldn't. It might have worked if we were all just busy doing whatever we usually do. Mm-hmm. But the whole concept of quick bites is right. a bad concept. We all love TV shows that last an hour or longer and run for 10 seasons. We all love yeah. podcasts that go for three and a half hours. We all love YouTube videos that go for 90 minutes. Why would we want this? Has Jeffrey Katzenberg not heard of a pause button? That's what I need to know. <laughs> I mean, who was asking for this? Who was like, I need 10 minutes of entertainment only? It just smacks of a guy who has been very creative and very innovative in his time and is still, I just think, that, I don't know, we're just never going to get to see uh, what the golden arm of every state would be. How far do you know how far they got with with the the 50 states by any chance? I don't know. Okay. All right. Um I mean there's there there's scripts. There's 50 scripts sure. in a tub somewhere. Yeah, right, right, right. Right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> just, hopefully somebody leaks that. Yeah, right. <laughs> um I'm intrigued by like how bad the golden arm sounds. Like I kind of almost want to watch it just because of how bad it sounds. I've seen it. You have? Yeah. And it's terrible. Yeah. Okay. It, it's laughable. Okay. But the problem is, is that I don't, <laughs> I haven't watched, no, it's not true. I watched half of the first episode of Miss Maisel. Mm-hmm. It was like, well, I shan't continue this. Yeah. And so I have a very low opinion of that actress and I don't like Vikings guy. Oh, you I don't, don't? I don't know what anybody ever saw in him. Okay. I've only seen him. I've seen him. I've watched the entire first season of Raised by Wolves. Yeah. And he is the weakest part of it. Like the kid actors mm. are better than he is. So I don't. And I know that he, spoiler alert, I don't think he's in every season of Vikings. But I just don't know how everybody likes Vikings so much. Yeah, it's true. And not to just get rid of the last dregs of our audience. But most of the people I know that like Vikings are like, you know. I don't think that I would share the likes and tastes of those people. <laughs> Big Sons of Anarchy fans, that sort of thing. Wow. You know? Yeah. And having him see, you know, he he puts a lot of vulnerability out there. I'll give him that in yeah. uh, Raised by Wolves. But yeah. I can't see him being a Viking and that really taking off. So clearly he can do something other than what I've seen in Raised by Wolves. But anyway. Right, right. All that's neither here nor there because they both are terrible like not okay. even oh, thank you we'll call you like not mm. even making it past the audition for mm. the golden arm okay which could be effective them just not taking it seriously and also the script is terrible but, but you, th- why? you think that if anything you could just you know you're already thinking visually because it can either be watched in widescreen or portrait which nobody asked for that either that's a weird thing so you're thinking about it in those terms mm-hmm. even if you were just delivering like something glitzy and, and like stylish but they're not even doing that. It's just two people in a in a set that is just a hospital bed, you know, like it's a Neil Breen movie. And it's like, I need my golden arm. If you're sure you, you got it, okay, you can keep your golden arm. What? Well, what I want to know, I, I know that 
you maybe personally don't necessarily like these actors, but but the, the people know them, and there are people who are. Fans oh no, yeah, of them. that's why you get them. Yeah, sure. So they're, but, they're they're technically good picks. But but why did they agree to do this? I guess is what I want to know. Because it's only ten minutes long, so it was literally probably a day of work for them. And I bet. Oh yeah, you know, I suppose. there's a reason that Queeby went out of business. They ran out of money. They probably made it very lucrative for these two to do it. But if you mm. go in, you go. And I don't know anything about her savvy as an actress or a performer, but she's Ms. Maisel. Like, she's yeah. been treated well, and she knows how to manage her image. So why would she go in and be like, I need my golden arm? Like, I know. you would just go, hey, I want to do this, but can we look at this? Can we look at this? You don't even do that on the daily. They email you the script. You know, you right. go, hey, do this, do this. Right. Maybe the money's just too good. It's like, shut up. Don't do it. I, I'm, Caps- I'm Jeffrey Katzenberg. Just do it. <laughs> And they're like, all right, that's good money. All right. Well, um. I don't know. Wow. Wow, creepy. But unfortunately, I regret that we won't get to see 49 more sets of actors be hard done by <laughs> and make these head scratching sort of uh, dramatic choices. Yeah. Right. Um, oh, well. I mean, it's. It's. <sighs> So so long, Queeby. Uh, we fairly. Why are you knew- trying to eulogize Queeby? I, I don't know. You think this is the end of the, of the bit? No, <laughs> I don't know. No, no, you take it. Go um, ahead. um, uh, poor Queeby, you were a, a ill-fated child of, of the of the world of streaming. Um, we barely knew ye, and most of us didn't even want to get to know ye. I want to write an article called "We Barely Knew Yay." But it's still Y.E. And it's uh, about like what what happened to Kanye West. Oh. Sometimes you, you you start with a title. That's how you write an article. Yeah, sure. Just a tip. Yeah. Uh, yeah. OK. So back to the quick bit. Uh, yes. Uh, hominum, linoleum, ad nauseum. They lower the coffin coffin down. And it doesn't fit. And then they turn it sideways. And then it's like, oh, and then it just goes in there. So, um, <laughs> can only be buried one way. <laughs> you can air in portrait and... And landscape, but you can sure. only be buried in right. landscape. Right. Uh, well, we're the Just Enough Trope Podcast. I'm your host, Caliban. Joined, as always, by my co-host. Hi, I'm Mikan Hana. And that's too bad. No no more creepy to talk about. No. But we'll be talking about other things going forward until they put us in the ground in either sideways or uh, <laughs> up and down. <laughs> and today, that's going to be, uh, speaking of dead people, the film 28 Days Later. Yes. As our... Halloween half-hearted spookaroo continues. <laughs> half-hearted, because uh, we started my way through the Hey, month. we could be talking about Queeby content if yeah. they had uh, kept their heads on straight yeah. or sideways. Uh, <laughs> but instead, we're talking about Halloween films and media as we get closer to Halloween. And we're talking about the 2002 uh, phenomenon, yeah. uh, 28 Days Later, that no one talks about anymore. And maybe we'll talk about why that might be. It's a yeah, little weird. Yeah, it is a little weird. It was... Um, I mean, for, you know, a modest phenomenon, I guess. Back then, a $8 million movie that made $90 million is it's like... pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, and that is pretty good. expect to see a couple more of those. Yeah. Um, just imagine if uh, Jason Blum had been doing his shit back then. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> there it would have be been so many. A whole a 28 15. universe. Yeah, right. 28 universe. Maybe yeah. they would have tried to go for 28 films. Um, yeah. I I actually had never seen it before. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah. So we're doing that um, and we're doing a little news as per usual. Uh, what's going on with you? Um, well, should we talk about our our Trek 
across. Um, I see what you did. The, the country. I see what that you did. we did. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. If did only on to purpose. explain to people why we're so out of sorts and low energy. Sure. <laughs> yeah, we drove twenty-two miles hours. That's all the same, right? That's what Einstein said. <laughs> Hours round trip to visit Bloomington, Indiana for the unveiling of the Captain Janeway statue, an effort by uh, members of Bloomington, uh, Indiana University, uh, the Science Museum in town, and their city council in order to honor uh, Captain Janeway, also the actress Kate Mulgrew, Mm -hmm. who played her, and basically um, commemorate her contribution to the world of STEM and um, encouraging young women to go into STEM fields Mm -hmm. and just being, um, you know, a real coffee hound. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) People don't like coffee. I'm Norwegian, so I... You know, I'll stab somebody. With, uh, wow, over coffee. I think they're. But the, I feel like you go other places. Yeah. And at the, you know, obviously, uh, it's sad that um, the ceremony was kind of truncated. You know, our interaction with it after driving eleven hours was essentially to slow down a little bit and go, "Hey, all right," and then <laughs> and just pull off. Like we couldn't do anything um, they had planned. A weekend long uh, set of activities, you know, connected with the science museum there. And that just all got taken down to meet at the pub if you're brave enough. And then there was a sort of virtual uh, science event that night. Mm -hmm. So it's it's sad. It's too bad. Um, Also, that, you know, communal food kind of gets into that, too. Right. But I feel like, you know, have the local. There's got to be a local mom and pop coffee shop, right? Have oh, them have that a thing, been smart. yeah, and be yeah. giving out coffee, but tea or cider, hot cider, because it was a little yeah. chilly. Yeah, and I think somebody made a joke about like, "Well, we got coffee over there," and it's like, "But are you guys, Janeway fans or not? Like, what are we talking about? Yeah, here? right, exactly. <laughs> Missed opportunity. I had to go to Starbucks. I know it's a shame. It is a shame. Um, the the statue itself was was awesome. Like yeah. it. Really looks like Kate Mulgrew as Captain Janeway. Um, the the sculptor did a, a really great job. Um, the overall design was really cool. Um, so it's, I think it's basically considered a bust because it's like it's kind of like her from like the waist up. Yeah, is that more or less what you would say? And then like it's it's base. Um, you know, it's in like a Star Trek font. Yeah. And, you know, it says Captain Janeway, Bloomington, Indiana, future birthplace right. of Captain Janeway. Yeah, I you forgot know. to mention that's why that's why it's in Bloomington. <laughs> yeah. And, and and then on the back, there is the uh, Federation of Planets um, insignia symbol. Yeah. Um, all really cool. Very well done. Yeah, it could have been a full one. I mean, you know, Captain Janeway is probably five, 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 six. Yeah. <laughs> so... But uh, if you're not going to do that and you're just going to go for the goods, uh, you can do a head, you know, like a, like a Roman emperor or something like that. Sure. But they went um, the f- full torso, um, mostly because uh, I think so she could fold her arms and do that like kind of, because they really nailed like the character of Janeway. Yes. Um, yeah. And it was just really impressive. Uh, and they just, okay, so it's like. You know, this is a fan effort, yes. more or less. I mean, they raised like, you know, 60 grand or something to do it. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't, it was so not half-assed. That's no, what really impressed me. That really impressed me too. And there is a sort of a, a plaque or a display that goes with it. It's all on this, um, there's a, there's like a trail, like a biking trail, walking trail that goes through town. Yeah. Uh, called the Beeline or something yes. like that. And so it's on there. So it's uh, on display for 
um, all the townsfolk, tourists, anybody who's coming through, mm-hmm. and they have, they have this huge, like, informative plaque that talks about the character, talks about Kate Mulgrew, and also yeah. talks about Jerry Taylor, yes. who's an important element of this. Jerry Taylor was one of the producers and um, writers on Voyager. She co-created Janeway, Janeway essentially, and she um, grew up, uh, at least part of her life, in Bloomington yeah. and went to uh, IU in Bloomington. Yeah. And so it's very important to her. That's kind of why Janeway is from Indiana. Yes. And she also donated her papers um, to the library in town. Which is really cool. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, her papers of writing mm-hmm. and TV writing, screenwriting. Um, really awesome. And I didn't know that fact. And I just think that that makes it. Which we could have visited. That much cooler. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Under normal circumstances. Yeah. Right. Um. I think it's really neat too that like, um, and you kind of have to do this if you don't if you don't want to do it half-assed. But they got CBS's approval and Kate Mulgrew's approval on the the statue itself, and they also were able to get in contact with um, Kate Mulgrew's rep and get Kate Mulgrew there virtually um, for the actual unveiling and be able to ask her a couple of questions and everything. It was yeah. really neat. She, yeah. Um, she phoned in and you'd think like, well, a Hollywood star doesn't want to do this. And I don't know. I, I think that she might've done it. I mean, this is clearly, uh, you know, an honor for her. Yeah. Uh, and we, then you find out when she calls in that the, you know, part of the reason that she can't be there is that her, uh, daughter has given birth to her first grandchild. Yeah, right. So it's just like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It was a real, it was a real love fest and it, it was, was just very emotional and they had a great video, they had a couple of video packages, but yeah. one that uh, talked to different Death Trek personalities and, um, um, you know, the character's influence, but also the actress's influence. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was, um, it was heartwarming. It was, it was. But not um, mouthwarming, no coffee. No. coffee was talked about and mentioned but not had yeah (laughs) yeah but it's an amazing effort you can easily see something like this falling apart and i think that it's a big testament to um the university and the people who work there being uh, academics uh, and intellectuals themselves Mm -hmm. and also being well organized and just getting this together because it started you know a couple years ago it's kind of like oh we should just kind of have something it's fun the 25th anniversary of voyager uh is this year right yeah i think so yeah Yeah. so they wanted to do it um in may which is uh the character's birthday Mm -hmm. and also um Oh, no, that's just, it's just the character's birthday. Because yeah, I, I guess so. they kind of actually got it close to the premiere of Voyager because of the pandemic having to gotcha. push it back. Yeah. Um, okay. But yeah. So it's just, I don't know. I just, you know, exciting. It is exciting. <laughs> for it me. Was, it, was, it was really neat. <laughs> I don't know neat. if it's exciting for anybody else. Um, it was really neat and it was really cool. Um, you know, got a little emotional. Um, with the video, when they talked to truck personalities, they also were able to get uh, Robert Picardo, who was great. Yeah. It actually premiered um, in January. I don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. Because it, <laughs> it premiered with the UPN network. but uh, oh, Okay. Yeah. So it was like a mid-season replacement? No, the entire network was a mid-season replacement. It was the premiere oh. of the network. So you've oh, got... Oh, I didn't realize that. Girlfriends, which is now... Girlfriends is surging in pop popularity now for some reason uh, yeah i don't know what's going on hey, good for them yeah uh and this and um what else is on upn 
I, Shasta McNasty. I don't know off the top of my head what <laughs> was know, on UPN. The Luminate, Tracy Ellis Ross and and Kate Mulgrew on Voyager and Vern <laughs> Troyer on Shasta McNasty. I mean, these are all spoken in the same breath. <laughs> Clearly. But yeah, uh, great experience. Also noticed that uh, I was wondering who would go. I mean, it is in the center of the country. So I guess cent- right. centrally located, everybody has an equal distance to travel, mm-hmm. unless you live in Indiana or whatever. Um, and I thought, who's going to go to this? And I posted some pictures from the event that you yeah. can see on our accounts. Um, but I noticed as I was going through my social media groups and everything, like there's a lot of other pictures. A lot of people went to this thing. Yeah, there was a there was a fair amount. I think we, we um, talked to somebody, one of the, the president of the collective afterwards, and he said that there was an estimate of maybe 250 people. Is that right? I suppose. Yeah. I don't know. So I don't know. I, I'm just focusing on the fact that people people liked it. Yeah, people liked it. People showed up. Yeah. Um, it was a good time. I'm glad that, that we were able to go. So. Me too. Yeah. Should we talk about the news? Let's do it. Well, let's start with the good stuff. You know okay. the good stuff. Yeah, let's start with the good stuff. The stuff where you see uh, that a little baby man is going to try to be uh, a big man who kills what? thousands of people in his quest is self-serving quest to find artifacts that proves that he's important. What? The Uncharted series oh, is no. going to become a film. <laughs> and behind you, yeah. you see the baby man in question. We're just going to push forward. We just have to make yeah, this. I know. This Tom is how Holland, Sony does yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. Let's not wait for the right thing. I'm sure he'll be fine. He's very charming, but it's just not. Even this article on The Verge, the picture that I'm showing you of, of Tom Hardy. Or, <laughs> Whoa. There you go. How about that? Maybe wrong, a better choice. Tom. Yeah. I, I love you, Layla. <laughs> Maybe not the right choice, but uh, even this thing is just talking about how uh, you know a guy who's like in his mid thirties is is not Tom Holland. So <laughs> Tom no, Holland won't look no. like his mid thirties when he's in his mid thirties. No, Tom and Holland it is, is a visual medium. What if there's That's a true. he can do he's the uncharted video, uh, audio drama? Sure. I love you, Elena. Maybe not. I don't know, man. Look, I look. I'm a youthful-looking guy myself. There are things yeah. that I'll never be able to play because I'll never reach that middle age. I'll just look young, and then someday they'll flip a switch, and I'll be Mickey Rooney. And that's that's just I'm I I know that's what it's gonna be. I just it's interest. I don't understand. Uh, maybe it's not interesting. I don't understand why they went Tom Holland because Tom Holland's so hot right now. Like, I feel like yeah. there are other actors you could have picked who would have That's why they put been... Paul Rudd in the Ghostbusters uh, sequel. Yeah, but I feel like there are other actors that you Which could Which will have... be releasing summer of next year. Sure. I think there... You could that have That was picked... a bit of news. I snuck it in. You did sneak it she in. blew right by it. Um, uh, great. I don't know how I feel about it. Um, not super excited. No, but... no, it's going to suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love Paul Rudd, but... Meh. Um, right, but everybody does. That's why they put him in it. I know, right? And, and Finn Wolfhard. Right. Uh, I could take or leave Finn Wolfhard. But... Well, uh, he's going to take you because he's like six feet tall now. Jeez. <laughs> he, yeah. Yeah, those kids are. I can't wait for Stranger Things for... 4. I know, right? Like, talk about like voices changing. The um, strange, strangest yeah. thing is going to be getting a job. <laughs> All right, just stop uh, stop buying time with your laugh. I'm not say buying what you're gonna time. Say. I just I think that there could have been a better fit for Nathan Drake out there that like is so hot right now. You know, like um, I'm trying to think. Like I don't like him, but even like, like like Henry Cavill would have been a better fit. Like 
just like looking at the Henry character. Cavill is too smooth. Oh, you think? Yeah, uh, Henry okay. Cavill is not rugged. He is no, he's you're huge right. and he's thick, but he's like mm. a. Th- that's why he was. Forgive me. Whoa. Forgive me. Whoa. Because it was a terrible film, hmm. and he wants to do another one. But the man from Uncle, he's oh, his yeah. type. He's a Napoleon Solo type. Now okay. he was terrible because he's flat and, and has no charisma. Yeah. But that's that's what his type, you know. Okay. I don't think that he. I don't think that he's even necessarily a good like Witcher because yeah, Geralt's kind of a pretty boy, but he's also people rugged. Like love him in The Witcher. Yeah, they but trip people, over themselves yeah, for him cares? in The Witcher. I know. We, we have everybody knows our stance on The Witcher. Yeah. Um. Not good. Um. Who would you cast as Nathan Drake? Um. Uh, Nathan Fillion, <laughs> who um, is a, a kind of a smooth like boy. Still. Well, still what? Because he's old. You don't know how old he is. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's what makeup's for. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah, Nathan Fillion. Okay. Uh, other than that, people would go crazy, but does he have to be white? Like, there's, I can think of a lot of yeah, I know. actors of color who would, who would be good for him. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Oscar Isaac would be a good Nathan Drake, I think. Oscar Isaac would be a great Nathan Because he's basically just Poe Dameron, right? Basically. So wisecracking yeah. kind of guy in suspenders. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to say... <laughs> like suspenders like he's in a barbershop quartet. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I like it. Um yeah, I'm trying to think who I know you are. who would be a good fit. Why did I, I bring this up and then I can't do it? Um, yeah. <laughs> perform, monkey. Um. Uh. Let's see. Um. Uh. Who is big? Who would? Oh. Um. What about Pedro Pascal? Pedro Pascal. Oh, I kind of like that. I was going to say, like, the guy who played, um, like, Jon Snow or something like that. But, uh, no. That's a Tom Holland problem. It's you the same thing all He's over again. He's too young. Okay. Bigger abs, and that's about it. Okay. Um, yeah, um, Pedro Pascal would be good. He's got that same, like, arrow face. Uh-huh. He's got... <laughs> Nathan arrow Drake, face. as depicted, has, like, a sharp face. He's yeah. got kind of a hawk-like face. Yeah. Uh, up top, and then bottom, he's all like jaw, and so that's that's Pedro Pascal right there. Yeah, no, I could see that. I could totally see that. Okay, let's stop talking about this. Okay. <laughs> uh, another movie news: uh, the Battlestar Galactica movie continues apace against everyone's best judgment. I and as long as we're doing happening. bad judgment, yeah, why don't we have Simon Kinberg write and produce it? Okay, you're gonna have to remind me who what Simon Kinberg has done before because I can't think right now. The New Mutants. Oh, why? The movie that we can't, nobody can see. And the people who have say is dog shit. Yeah. Yeah. He has for a long time. I mean, he's got a writing credit on some, but he is, you know, he's a producer at Fox, and he mm-hmm. has gotten a lot of. He's like the producer David S. Goyer. You okay. know, whenever they make one of these. For a long time, whenever they made one of these, David Goyer had to be a part of it somehow. Mm. And Simon Kimberg always produced. And I feel like the movie is varied in quality, but they still came out and, you know, they're always in a forest. He's the guy that makes them always in a forest. Oh my That's goodness. what it is, right? How are they going to get a forest into 
into New Mutants if they're in a hospital. Ah, there's ghosts and bears and ghost shit in the woods. I'm sure it's fine. Wow. Anyway, and so he's like, no, I'm going to direct. And so he directed New Mutants. Not not great. Uh, he, oh, no, he directed uh, Dark Phoenix as well. Oh. No, he didn't direct New Mutants. We're terrible today. This Whoa. is all This is all pain. This is all suffering and, and being tired and no electrolytes. Uh, no, he did the Dark Phoenix. He's like, I'm going to direct. No, Dark Phoenix was horrible. Yeah, it was. It was Excrable. absolutely terrible. Yeah, yeah. So goodbye, Battlestar Galactica movie. Well, just... How are they going to get Cylons in the woods? That's what I want to know. Ugh, they'll, they'll land on some planet. They'll find that'll be like another Earth and they'll be a forest. Well, there. that's... Yeah, that all fits, I guess. Yeah. But this is a reimagining. Yeah. Well, um, I hate this because um, Battlestar Galactica is not a story you can tell in a single movie, first of all. And so they're probably banking well, they on won't. having it's more a than BSG one. Universe, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just, why do we keep giving multiple chances to... Um, creatives who have proven that they should not well get first of all he's chances. not creative okay <laughs> he, well it's to the other directors way. why do writers let's say this why do we let producers uh become creative if this is it always reminds me of the um scene in the player which is a skewering of like the hollywood yeah uh system where the producers of the studio all sit down around a table and one of them is like no, check this out. Like anybody can. Why are we waiting? Why are we giving you know million dollar checks to screenwriters when we can do it ourselves? And he picks up a newspaper and he challenges everybody to like read a headline and he'll give him like a um, a, a treatment, like a quick sure. take on like how right. we can develop this thing. And that's he's the bad guy in the film. He's ridiculous. Yeah, he's right. played by Peter Gallagher. I know. And his eyebrows have a bad idea about how to <laughs> do this, but it, it does happen. It's the, the reason it's a satire is because it's true and it right. works. And right. so that's, yeah, that's what we're facing here. Yeah. We take somebody like Josh Boone, who I haven't seen the fault in our stars or anything that he's done, but no. for, I understand that people consider him to be, uh, you know, a fresh creative voice for mm-hmm. a white guy. Uh, and then we push him out of his own film because we don't like what he's doing with it, even though we said, do whatever you want. Right. The New Mutants. Yeah. A movie right. that, not totally its fault, but is the opposite of a movie. It does not exist. So many strikes against that film. What is it about that film? Is that film cursed, do you think? Sure. With by a demon bear. <laughs> sure. Yes. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's your fault when you picked a story that, you know, the end of it is two white people are transformed into Native American people. Like you, you, that's your fault. Uh, you want to do that story. So yeah. let's see what, you, let's see what you got. Yeah, right. <laughs> Write yourself out of this corner. Um, yeah. I don't know. I still kind of want to see it, but I have a feeling it's going to be really bad. Me too. Uh, other movie news that we've got here. It looks like the um, Justice League cut is... Uh, Zack Snyder, excuse me, his cut yeah. of Justice League is continuing the pace, and we okay. keep hearing new. Um, <laughs> so we keep hearing new, <laughs> keep hearing new developments. Uh-oh. Like Joe Mangianello will appear uh, as Deathstroke uh, when he was only in the uh, you know the final tag scene in the film, and Jared Leto's <laughs> Joker will appear in the Justice League Zack Snyder cut. What? I can't. Why? Um, what are they going to have him do? I don't know. But, you know, you can imagine that if this is supposed to be the um, apotheosis of the DC universe up to date, you know, I'm surprised that uh, 
that Shazam isn't in this, you know? Like, we're going to put everybody in this. But what's funny is that we're going to put Jared Leto into it, a guy who yeah. has admitted to being abusive to his co-stars on set. We're yeah. going to stick him in there. And right. it looks like Amber Heard's going to be part of the reshoots as well. Amber Heard, a person who, uh... I guess, nobody's proved anything, but is a figure who maybe we want to distance ourselves from. Yeah. Yeah, her and Johnny Depp both. Let's and distance ourselves. Ben Affleck, basically, it's just let's let him quit this because we know he can't say no to any form of alcohol uh, roles. I'm and just so a man who can't we say suggest, no. I don't know why Oklahoma fits into this, but I'm going to get to the end of my point, which is this is, you want to talk about cursed projects. Mm. It's this. Yeah. And yet, People are going to eat it up. I hate all of this. I hate it too. Um, I don't want any of these things that you're saying. Um, I don't even want the Zack Snyder cut. I am not excited about seeing this. And the more I hear about it, the more I hate it. Like, there's nothing that makes me go, oh, that could be good. Or, wow, I can't wait to see that. I don't know. Obviously, this is for Zack Snyder fans. The decision, well, look, it's going to make money. That's all that matters. Yeah, I know. Right? Yeah. I mean, even the people who who want to see the train wreck, right, are going to pay money for it. Yeah. You know, but I just every, all these decisions just seem so bad. These decisions are so, so bad. Uh, Zack Snyder has brought Joss Whedon on to direct scenes in, <laughs> like he just oh he gosh. just recreates only with more money in the hole uh, the exact situation that, that right. started before. Right, right. It's just so you've got Ezra Miller who chokes women. Oh my you've gosh. You've got Amber Heard who uh, hits people. You've got Ben Affleck who. he's a victim nothing wrong with him but clearly he was not well received as batman yeah only by the the most rabid dc fans right and seems the the memes are true you know it's just the memes of how weary he is and just wants to do plus people like him as a director let him direct stuff let him get better as a director maybe he'll deliver something really good because he keeps getting sucked back into this thing and he doesn't want to do it well didn't he sign and then ray fisher who yeah look put up or shut up you know, where's your where's your evidence? Like at this point, yeah. you are the aggressor here. Like, what's what what happened? What you know? Show me the evidence. Let's let's have it. Because if it's true, then we need to act on it. If it's not, you puffing your chest out and making such a big deal, being so aggro about how you were abused or whatever. Like, what's what is it here? Well, didn't Jason Momoa come out and like back him? Like, yeah. Well, he was like recently, or it wasn't hey, great. Hang ten, dude. Yeah. Right. Oh boy, not great. No but evidence. but we still have no idea what happened. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, and then we have Jared Leto, who was abusive to his fellow co-stars. Yeah, when he Marvel was on doesn't set. have this problem. No, probably because they cover it up better. <laughs> like, ask Edgar Wright. You know yeah, how he feels, well, or ask everybody on Age of Ultron if uh, if he was uh, Joss Whedon was abusive to them, and they don't say anything because they don't want to screw up their uh, promotions. Probably, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It's it it it's not a good look. Um, no, and it's yeah, it's difficult to get excited about a project that has um, so many. It's difficult to people. get excited about anything, especially the fact that apparently. Uh, no Time to Die is being shopped around to streaming services. You are kidding me. I thought this was a bunch of BS. This is a rumor. 
Okay. Um, it's All but right. it's not a we got this covered rumor. It's, okay. Uh, it's a it's other. A, it's a verified rumor. <laughs> well, I mean, they think that exists. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but right. yeah, the word is is that they are looking for an eight hundred million dollar price tag. Holy cow! Like the no, no, service. No, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Let's back all that up again. Oh, okay. Uh, it is being shopped around to, you know, ne- Apple, Netflix, mm-hmm. um, uh, you, you know, just all the Prime. like the major uh, streaming services. Yeah, yeah, sure. And it is a $600 million price tag. So what they're asking is, is, if you want it on your service, this is the, this is the dollar amount. Yes. I, I, I'm going to show you a figure. I think you're going to like it. Um and right. uh this is this is it and then hopefully you'll make that money back on uh, like subscriptions or this, something like that. Yeah, right. Writes it down on the pad. Yeah, spins it around, gives to the guy. The guy's like, "Is this your phone number?" <laughs> oh, this is the offer. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. okay. Uh. Um, do you think anybody is gonna bite on this? I don't know. I mean, is it just the film or is there, I guess, you know, you can't have all the other Bond films because they're locked up into mm-hmm. whatever, I'm sure, hundreds of millions of dollars uh, contract uh, was set up for them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's something else. I guess every Bond film is probably separate from whatever contract has been made, right? So I don't know where the Bond films are right now. There was a, They were on either. Amazon a while ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, this is they just something still, totally different. I don't know. They might still be on Amazon, but I, I don't know. Um, that just seems like a, a lot. I mean, unless you were able to, I guess they've done this with some films, right? That have come out like like you you have like a like if you want to watch it now, it's thirty dollars or something like that, or twenty dollars. Right, but this will like be that. you know on stream or streaming in perpetuity. Yeah. Um, until whenever the contract runs out. True. Okay. So, I mean, $800 million could be a good offer, or, mm-hmm. or 600 sorry. Uh, I don't know. Right. Because um, I'm not Jeffrey Katzenberg. I bet you he knows. If, if it was to go to streaming, any idea when it would <laughs> come out? We just break it up into 10-minute segments. I know. And you can even turn your phone into portrait mode. Like, no one does. <laughs> unless they're filming their dad twerking or something like that. Oh, my God. Here's some movie news that is uh, sort of tangential, but still movie news all the same. Uh, Italy has reclosed its cinemas because Oof. of a coronavirus surge, Uh-oh. and Spain is looking to follow them. So we are full. It doesn't. It doesn't matter what you believe. No facts don't care about your feelings. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are moving into the second wave. Yeah. So this is bad. This is bad. Uh, this is uh, an Italian canary going. A cheap, a cheap. <laughs> as far as the U.S. film market, I'm sure is concerned. Yeah, this is this is a bad. Uh, and Creepy sign. still failed. It's amazing. I, I know. Yeah. Well, people are watching full movies. They don't want to watch ten minutes. They'd be watching a hundred Queeby videos in a day. Uh, they're right. all stuck at home. Right. Um, some good news. Uh, the uh, there's a new movie coming out uh, mm-hmm. called Minari. It One is more an, time. Minari. Minari. Yes. Okay. It is an independent film. Okay. And it stars uh, Stephen Yen and A24, the yes, studio behind it, it. Mm-hmm. is putting him up for uh, Best uh, Actor. Oh. This would be the first Asian American Best Actor nominee if he is voted for the nominees. That's cool. Um, is it is it a um, uh, a Korean film? I think I've, I've watched like the... 
or is it a, an American film? Because I, I think A twenty four. Oh, okay, American, it is American. American company. Um, I watched the 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 but trailer it does, for it. Yes, and it, they're it like started, a, there are white people and there are Korean actors in it as well. Yeah, but I think they're they're in the film. They're him and his family are supposed to be from South Korea coming to America and yes. trying to make a, a life. Yes. Um, Kimchi on the prairie. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Look! Look! We look. On our long-ass drive, we had a lot to talk about. I know. And what did I come up with? Um, I'll tell you. Yeah. Don't let you ruin it. I'm not going to let you ruin it. In the spirit of Little Mosque on the Prairie and Minari, about Mm -hmm. a Korean family in the 1980s who moves to like the heartland and has to, you know, do a farm and has to deal with that. Yeah. I said, like, what if you get um, an uh, Indian family, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. in this case, the whole family comes over to get a jump start on it. Right. They move to the heartland of America. Yeah. And they have to deal. And it's on a farm. I didn't know the, the, the synopsis of Minari before I came up with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have to deal with their white American neighbors. Um, I wouldn't set it now. I probably would set it at about the same time. Yeah, right. It's called Indiana. Yeah. I, I, I groaned at the name. <laughs> it's <laughs> Anyway, it's this good, is like but it's that. Bad, Congratulations yeah. to Steven. And aren't you just sick and tired of knowing a lot of famous people? Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh... If there is a, a finite amount of success, you and I have selflessly uh, let everyone that we know take it. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. How many I mean, New York Times best selling authors that, uh, that we know between I know. us. And, uh, I know. Best actor nominee, and probably you know, in this day and age of of recognizing diversity, probably winner. So yeah, right. I mean, yeah, I know, I know, I. For yeah, I know. The chamber of the revolver spins. For for the audience, which one will it land on? I know. Click. Oh, not today. Not today. Wow. In case the audience doesn't know, I oh, I how went, do they not know? I don't know. I went to I went to college with Steven. Yes. Um. So yeah. Uh, Took the same acting the same classes. Year. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway. Anyways. Zzz, all right. Your turn. <laughs> Diddy Mao. Uh, let's move on to the real story, which is what's going on on TV. Everything's being adapted. We're all looking at TV stuff. Things like. Tim Burton finally giving up and doing an Adam's Family live action TV series. Now, okay. didn't they try to do this before Eddie Eddie Izzard was in a Monsters reboot, right? They did the Monster Ooh. I think for like two seasons, right? Oh, did I they? I never nobody watched it. Oh, okay. Um, but I don't know. Two seasons, huh? Yeah, but then of course there was the Adam's Family movies that were pretty successful. Yeah, at those their, were uh, successful in their time. Yeah. Um, but I don't feel like they've really been hitting this Adam's Family thing. But now, no. Tim Burton wants to do the Adam's Family. I mean, it's about time up his alley. Why didn't you start so, here? Yeah. yeah. Well, because he wanted to create his own stuff. So, um, probably, don't you think? Well, Frankenweenie. Yeah. Which, I mean, he worked at Disney basically, right? Didn't mm. he like? Wasn't he an animator for Disney for like ten seconds? I don't know the answer to that. I don't either. This is just a real. Let's try to make this show short because we're not doing a very good job today. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, um, thoughts on that? Um, it could be fun. Um, I don't know. I, I haven't liked a lot of Tim Burton's more recent stuff, so I, I don't know. I I'd mean, like to see him do a different spin on things but if he, he's going to, you know. But he won't. It'll yeah. be Johnny Depp as Gomez, which. Oh, don't stop. 
Just stop. I don't want that. We go from John Aston to Raul Julia to Johnny Depp. I don't want that. Yeah. That's all I have to say about that. And probably Helena Bonham Carter. They'll try to dress her up and make her Morticia. No, and I don't want that either. Finn Wolfhard is now too tall to play. <laughs> I guess he's not fat enough to play. Who's a fat? Ooh, don't don't even bother to explain. Who cares, mm-hmm. right? Colorblind casting. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh no, he's not fat anymore. I was gonna say get uh, Jacob, uh, get Ned from uh, oh, from Spider Man. Yeah, Tom Holland's <laughs> I don't best know, friend. Just, yeah. Um, what yeah. if Pug- or no Pugley's not fat because Pugley's they'll, they'll explain that he's uh, d- doing um, zombie aerobics. And, you know, just get rid of that. Why does he have to be fat? <laughs> He's a vegan now. Um, or what? I don't know. What was he before? I don't know. <laughs> don't they all, like, eat human flesh or something? Yeah, okay. Um, he only eats killer plants. There you go. Like Andre Tews. Yeah, there you go. I like that. I hate this. Uh, <laughs> David Gordon Green wants to do a Smokey and the Bandit TV adaptation. Okay, I don't know who David Gordon Green is. Well, do you know who Seth MacFarlane is? Yes. There you go. Okay. Um, no, David Gordon Green is a writer and director who did the Halloween, uh, where he produced the Halloween, um, Halloween 2. Okay. All right. Um, why? Why Directed it. Why uh, Smokey and the Bandit? Uh, before that, he did Pineapple Express and Your Highness. And um, I mean, those he's are... just got a weird, he's got a weird patch that he sort of, uh, rolls on but okay. uh, he also um most recently did the righteous gemstones he was uh, one of the producers oh. and, and a show creator okay so it's gonna be um probably very heavily relying on the comedy then i'm guessing yeah and i'm guessing that uh that uh danny boyle or danny boyle not yet danny mcbride will be uh the dom DeLuise character yeah right? yeah maybe so who do we get to play the Burt Reynolds uh, character. Oh my god. Um, and this is TV, you said, right? Yeah. Um, uh, Who's in Seth MacFarlane? I mean, uh, God forbid it's Seth MacFarlane himself. But oh no, I don't like that. Um, boy, I, if I had known back when I was deciding what career I wanted that I could just take all the things that I loved watching when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and then I could just do them, right? We wouldn't be talking right now. <laughs> I would be turning you down for a job, probably. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because it's just like Star Trek, Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah. I uh, know. All the references to every Battlestar Galactica. I'm surprised he probably sniffed around the Battlestar Galactica thing, don't you think? Probably. Um, but he likes Star Trek though, so maybe he didn't like BSG. But uh, that's all he that, he that he does. He's got yeah. a, a show that's a Star Trek ripoff. I know. He's got. I'm too exhausted to be this angry. <laughs> Any experience with Smokey and the Bandit? I haven't actually seen it. It's on my list of movies for Covidio. Then why bother um, talking about it? Oh why boy. not talk instead about the Willow series that is a go at Disney Plus? I mean, I guess it makes sense. Like, um, Disney's looking for content. Uh, I think the film was popular when it came out warwick davis is still kicking around is he gonna be it willow? is a sequel series he will star in some capacity as okay. willow well i that makes me happy i'm happy about that it's directed um, by john m chu okay uh which director of crazy rich asians okay and the step up films <laughs> 
All right. Well, maybe they'll make Willow a more diverse world. Um, that would be cool. <laughs> it's not very diverse. No. No matter how much uh, brown uh, makeup you put on Rick Overton. No, no. Um, I don't think they're going to get Val Kilmer in this. Uh, Dude, but... Careful. Whoa. Careful. <laughs> we don't want to draw their ire. No, we don't. We barely survived last time. I know. Um, <laughs> I know. Um, but I... I, I am excited about the idea of this and its potential. I mean, I think uh, fantasy series are, are pretty popular. Disney and this Plus is, for kids, is so. pretty high quality stuff. Yeah. And they usually don't let um, lazy things like everything that's on Netflix right. go out the door. So, yeah. I mean, might not. Yeah, that's why I wish that like, why didn't. Why didn't if just a little just a year later, mm. Dark Crystal would have been on Disney Plus? I know. And it would have I was gone just forever. thinking about Dark. In Crystal. fact, I don't know why, except for the fact that they don't. I don't think they want to be seen as taking castoffs. Um, it could be on it now. They could just buy it, it and do a second season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> frustrating. It is also frustrating. David Fincher won't be doing any mind hunting anytime soon. Ah, uh, this is bummer news. I mean, I think I'd heard this previously, but um. Wish there was a better update to this because I really enjoy the Mindhunter um, series on Netflix. Yeah. It's, it's a good one. Um, I like the characters. I like the story. I'd like to see the story continue. So um, I hope this gets back on track sometime soon. Didn't they have to let like the contracts expire? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, according to Fincher, it's, I, I think it's a question of money and of time. Okay, I know he's got like other projects and stuff like that. It's going to cost a lot to do, and yeah, I mean he's David Fincher. He's he's doing a lot of stuff. Yeah, right. Um, It's just it's time and money intensive, and I think that it's instead of handing it off to some, it's a sign of how important it is to him that he he's not handing it off to somebody else. Right. But if he never gets back to it, well, there won't be there won't be anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope he gets back to it. Um. Yeah. I guess I'll just wait for that. You know what apparently has no impediments at all to its production? What? Archer, which has been renewed for its 12th season. Its 12th season at FXX. Is anybody watching it still? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Yes. People are watching Archer. And (laughs) something that, except, uh, yeah, I don't really like Archer. Doesn't matter. What we we like doesn't matter. Mm. We've proved that. Mm. Throughout this entire show. Didn't you used to like Archer? Um, yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Okay. Uh, I don't, I, I, the fact that it, they, they go for a couple years and then they get bored and then they just like, now it's in the forties or something like that. I mean, I guess that's fine. That's their right to do. And other shows like, you know, see La- other adult swim shows and comedy shows, uh, animated shows have done that. But mm. it's like, <sighs> I mean, I guess if you're not committed to your premise, why should I watch it? Yeah, right. It's it's not it's not a good look. No, it's usually when a sitcom just ups and decides, oh, they don't own an ice cream shop anymore. They're they're on a ranch or something. That means that the show's in trouble and they're trying scrambling yeah. to right to sort of reinvent it. Right. Um, it, it's more than like, oh, here's a wacky new character uh, to stir things up. It's like, uh, we're changing the premise. So How yeah. can they never change the premise of It's Always Sunny? That's been on for like 16 years. Because I guess it works. Bum, ba-dum, bum, bum, ba-dum, ba-dum, yeah. bum. But we're at the bar. Yeah, right. Oh, I bought an airplane. It was really cheap. Oh, right. We're going to fly this airplane. Yeah. The gang crashes an airplane. Yeah. 
I guess it works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I guess don't write yourself into a corner. Um, <laughs> That's the second time that you've said I, that. Yeah, what? well, it's applicable. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I think we're casting ourselves into a corner. Oh, no. Uh, do you like Charlie Brown? I do like Charlie Brown. Get Apple TV. Uh-oh. Because that's where Charlie Brown's going to be from the foreseeable future. Oh, all Charlie Brown? All oh. of Charlie Brown. Okay. Or at least all the parts that people care about. Well, that's a win for Apple, um, especially with the, um, the holiday, has, holidays coming up. Yes. Um, people really it, like... It's, it's a great pumpkin. Yes. And you can find him or search for him because he doesn't exist. Right. Sorry, Linus. <laughs> On Apple Plus, who also has a license to create new Peanuts content. Huh. Well, I hope they do a good job at it. Um, ABC aired Peanut specials for a ever. A long, long forever. time. Yeah, I know. Um, I The the Snoopy or the Peanuts um, Christmas special is one of my favorite um, holiday specials like ever. It's a really good one. Um, you know, where they have the really kind of pathetic looking Christmas tree. <laughs> yes which that's yeah. I mean, we talked about this i think it was last week right uh -huh. like that that is the tone of peanuts yeah there's nothing you can do no you'll, you'll never succeed i know with peanuts if it's not like that i know and it's the same thing with um the muppets which is let's make the muppets 30 rock where like nothing matters and lots of cutaways and that's not what the muppets is right. the muppets is them trying to do a show mm -hmm. earnestly, mm -hmm. but yet also a real kind of weird, cynical undertone to the humor, and they're underdogs. You know, there's yes. no other way to do it. Right. Except if they're babies and they can go into paintings <laughs> and stuff like that. Right. Except if you make it really wacky. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, it, it's... I think if you if you're gonna redo something like that, you have to, like you said, you have to understand its core and understand what works about it and how the the, the stories and the characters work in order to reinvent it or create new stories. Like like you I said. suppose, but like our kids kids today are post cynical, right? Like they they're post post cynical. So you're you're if you're aiming it for kids, yeah, kids are gonna grow up completely different than. We did. Mm -hmm. And so that's that isn't true necessarily. You can just mm. call it whatever you want. And then people like me will complain, but it's not for me. And it's not, I it's literally not marketed for me. Yeah. If you just stopped making peanuts and then 50 years later, if we're all still here, it's yeah. not a given. And you started making peanuts. Let's say you just re-aired old peanuts. Mm -hmm. Would it hit or wouldn't it? I don't know. That's a great question. I don't know the answer to that. I mean, I think it's classic, but I grew up with it. Right. So, um, but this is not, this is corporate control. This is, right. there's a lot of things like we were talking about this today. <laughs> and I used the example of Henry Darger and it was a joke, but I'm just saying there are a lot of people that lab labor in obscurity and then their works are found late at a later time when yeah. they are, they hit and it, because they, that person was ahead of their time or even behind their time. Right. Um, good example. You know, Marlowe was way more famous than Shakespeare when they're alive. Yes. Um, Shakespeare was seen as like kind of trashy right. and not something to aspire to. Right. Um, it was popular among some people, but then jokes on Marlowe um, 
also the <laughs> the bills on Marlowe, uh, but he didn't want it, so he was stabbed in the eye. And so, four hundred years later, like Shakespeare is seen as the greatest playwright right. in the English language. Whether right. or not that's true, I don't know, but it is true. But uh, do you think Marlowe gets a bad rap? Do you think his no people love Marlowe, but also nobody studies him. So the very few people yeah. that study him. I mean, not nobody, but... He's not as well studied. He's not quoted on sitcoms. Right. He's not quoted on sitcoms. You don't necessarily have to read them in English class. But again, it's sitcoms. Yeah, right. So maybe Shakespeare was playing the long game in that, yes, there's a lot of... um, There's a lot of edification. There's a lot of, like, uh, you know, important um, classic sort of references and, and and things to break down in his work. But he was also aiming... At you know the the cheap seats as well yeah. as um, the nice ones, and so I, you know I just use the example of sitcoms. How do you put Edmund Spencer's The Fairy Queen into a sitcom? You can't. I, but yeah, Shakespeare's like, oh, this has got two twins, and like they get mixed up, and it's like that is a sitcom. Yeah. That's the Donna Reed show. Right, right, right. <laughs> so right, and he's like making up words that we are made it into our lexicon today, and he's like super quotable and like. Yeah, maybe he was just like he was ahead of his time and he was like thinking in uh tropes and memes. I just looked up uh Donna Reed show and I was and I was uh tagging it with identical cousins. Yeah. Which is how they were just so I, I know, I remember the but song. That's how they were billed. Yeah. And it said identity theft, and I'm like, Oh, that's right. I forgot about that episode of the Donna Reed show. What? Where uh, where uh, Donna Stone tries to uh, take <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, here is our last depressing story. Uh-oh. Smashing Pumpkins is releasing a sequel to Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. That is depressing. <laughs> Why? Why Billy Corgan? Just make something new. Is it like well, people love that album, so here's something in a similar vein. Like, how long ago did that come out now? 20-some years ago? Sure. Wow. I feel really Probably old. Probably 25. Yeah, I feel very, very old. Um, I mean, love that album. Iconic double album by the Smashing Pumpkins. A lot of really great hits on that. But maybe do something else? I don't know. What do you think? I think that it there there is only... I, I, I mean, you could argue that maybe Billy Corrigan was um, a, a larger percentage of the success or the heart of Melancholy than the rest of the band. Well, he would certainly say Although, that. Although, don't they credit all the songs to the Smashing Pumpkins? They had a real like artistic partnership going mm-hmm. on, right? Mm-hmm. But since it's just him now. More or less, yeah. I think, or maybe I think James sometimes does stuff with them. Mm-hmm. Um this is not. This is not. This is not the, the, the Smashing Pumpkins, right? It's not. The I can't same even thing. think of a good example because every example of one person pushing forward. This is like John Fogerty re-recording all of his CCR songs by himself. Right. It's just like, yeah. I mean, okay, you wrote all the songs and you yelled at right. anybody who tried to contribute anything creatively, but it's still everybody together, and that sound is what we think of when we think of right. Born on the Bayou, right, or whatever. Yeah. It's just it's 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 not the same thing. Um, I just I don't know. It wasn't like like um, their 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 box set, the airplane flies high, 
was weren't those like b-sides and stuff like that that they they like were recorded around the same time as melancholy and infinite sadness maybe i'm like yes uh okay so those all had like a similar sound a similar vibe and that was released separately so i mean is he just saying this is the iconic this is the the ultimate smashing pumpkin so i'm going to try to recapture that and i'm going to play all the instruments he hasn't said any of that okay I don't know. Right. Where you, I don't know where you're going with that. I don't this. know. I don't know. This is just. This is a, This is like. Okay, look. I'm. I'm screwed. My brain is fried. I. I this is. This is our worst show. We say it every week, oh, but this on. is now our worst show. So I'm going to throw it to you, somebody who knows a lot more about music than I do. Citation needed. Wow. And you tell me a band where everybody quit. I've already got it. Veruca Salt when they mm-hmm. did Seether. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, everybody quit. Nina and everybody else quit, and Louise was going to go ahead on her own. Louise and, and did go ahead, and it's on terrible. Her own. And she had she she released at least one other album that was called it was by Veruca Salt, even though she was the only yeah was member. Yeah. Um. Well, no, they did not the single. The the, the album was called Seether, wasn't it? Um. That she did on her own. I don't think it was called Seether. I can't remember what it was called, Because she's though. the Seether. Yeah, I know. Resolver. Yes. That's what it was. Yes. Like, I think Same it's a thing. play on Revolver because they're big Beatles fans because their previous album was Eight Arms oh, to Hold You. I never thought about that. Oh, come on. <laughs> Don't be a jerk. So, oh, our, so, <laughs> so I'm, I'm just assuming they're ACDC fans, right? Why? Because their other albums, uh, American Thighs, right? Oh, yeah, maybe they are. Yeah, um, I mean that would make sense too. And so. they're David Bowie fans. We know they're David Bowie fans. I think fans. these chicks like rock and roll. I think they do. Too. I'm not sure about yeah, it. Yeah, right. But I did see them do a video where they uh, slid down some poles in a captain's hat and then danced around in a robe. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just talk about Panama for the last three minutes of the segment. <laughs> Uh, it's a fun video. It's a, it's a really fun video. Directed, directed by cocaine. Yeah, more or less. <laughs> and like, let's just have fun. Let's just did we talk zip about, around on a wire. Did we talk about how uh, how the Van Halen broke up? Or at least for, for the first time, how they lost David Lee Roth on this show? Um, didn't he want to like do like more or less this? I don't know if we talked about it on the show. Didn't he more or less want to do like similar sound, like similar songs and stuff like that? And Van, um, Eddie Van Halen was like, no, let's. I think we're just repeating in. ourselves oh, now. Yeah. Okay. Well, we talked about Eddie Van Halen and how yeah. he is a virtuoso, virtuoso, and also how he saw he saw where rock was going. So right in the early '80s, uh, when like synth and all this stuff was taking over. He didn't necessarily, I mean, he's, you know, a guitar god, right? Right. And he likes rock and roll, but he was like, he wanted to put that stuff in. And he got his wish, you know, with Right Now and all the the, the Hagar stuff. Mm -hmm. But like, he was like, no, let's push it forward. Let's let's change our sound, not because we need to, but because I want to explore this. This is where this is going. I like this stuff. And Mm -hmm. David Lee Roth is like, we're getting money. And our money for nothing and chicks for free. Why would we change anything? Let's Mm -hmm. just keep rocking. And I'll go, what? and slide right. down a pole and we'll just do that. Right. And uh, also he had like another thing cooking. Like he was he was working on a his solo album and he, a movie Whoa, deal. There you go. He wanted to make a movie. He was going to star in a movie. Oh my God. <laughs> so. Wow. Uh, I'm guessing, so was Nina. Yeah. Yeah. Nina's well. like, I got a movie. <laughs> 
Well, I think Nina had her own like solo album too. Oh, yeah, um, of course. But yeah, um, but they're they're back tonight and the, the rest of the my life or something yeah. like that. That was her solo album. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, I know a lot about Fergus Song. You do, you do. Um, they're they're really good while they're making music together. So it's funny how you, how quick it it falls apart though. You know. You're like, well, when you sleep with somebody who slept with your bandmate, that's never a good move. So, Van Halen survived that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the Rolling well, Stones survived that. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just going to comment on how it's, you know, they're, it seems like yesterday that you're making a video where everybody's playing with kittens and then, like, yeah. uh, just a few scant years later, like, yeah. you won't even, your lawyers will talk to each other right. for you. Right, right, right. Exactly. They were such nice girls. (laughs) Fast zombies or slow zombies? Uh, like, what do I prefer? Or, uh... That's the question being asked. Um... I guess like fast zombies because you don't expect it, you know. Um, like, I feel like slow zombies they're they're still scary, but you can you can outrun them and like outsmart them. Not if there's a lot of them. Yeah, that's true. Plus, it's that's a, movie. a problem for any of them. It's yeah. a movie, so you can just at any time that you can open a door and be like, "Oh my god, it's packed solid like a '50s phone booth on a college campus." Yes, with zombies. Yeah. Uh, that's absolutely correct. And I mean, these ones are, these zombies are, are, are violent um, and uh, like brutal, you know? Um, they, They're they also seem to be smart. maybe not zombies? It, they never say the word zombie. They just say that there's a virus and they've been infected. Right. So. But they're not dead. Does a zombie have to be dead? Oh, yeah. I I, I'm not, don't give a thing maybe voodoo. I know. I'm, I'm talking about like a film zombie. If I kind of think they have to be dead or, you know, undead two years, or they whatever. They are not zombies. Right. Do they have to eat brains? Because these guys don't eat brains. We don't know what these guys eat. That is correct. And in fact, there is a plot point that is made, which we're just getting ahead of ourselves. We're talking about 20, 28 days later. Uh, directed by Danny Boyle, written by a little guy named Alex Garland, who you probably yeah. know now a lot better than you did then, mm-hmm. and especially after the beach. And uh, he, yeah, they got together, uh, did a partnership. Uh, they did Sunshine, of course, yeah. uh, after this as well. And uh, that's kind of how Garland got his start. Yes. Working with a, you know, it's a good place to get your start. Working it is. with a pretty good director. Yeah. Who has needs Garland back bad. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Um, and there's a scene where uh, late in the film where they're uh, trying to figure out if zombie these zombies will starve to death. Yes. And I'm like, we don't see them eat. No, we never see them eat. In fact, they bite people. They, they bite, do. but not, but th- because they are just trying to destroy you. And mm-hmm. also, how do they propagate? Because if they are alive, you can kill them. They will die. Yeah. If a rage zombie just pummels your face into oatmeal, you can't like come back. You're just dead. They don't reanimate True. dead people. No. So how does this spread at all? <laughs> it would just be, uh, uh, it would be, you know, three 
ed- environmentalists <laughs> to like go rawr with their limp little wrists and their berets, and then they, you know, <laughs> maybe kill a couple people who are are dead because they've been had their skull shattered by these uh, Greenpeace guys. Yeah, right. And then they get shot by cops, and then this thing's over. Yeah. I'm attacking the premise of the film before I, you've even given wow. your recap. Yeah, look at that. I mean, it's unclear as to how this really um, really spreads because they have decided they're not going to show us that part. Well, um, they do show us. They show us explicitly when we're just, you got to give this recap. Okay, all when, right. When uh, he gets it in his eye and it's like nobody yeah, bit him, nothing happened. That's like that's how it spreads. But the problem is, is if... A zombie, you know, just pummels you with its fists and uh, tries to, to get at you. Um, you can survive the attack by getting away from it or killing it or whatever. But you could get its blood in you because it's got yes. blood all over it. It's got right. other infected blood on it. But that's never a problem. That's never a problem of transfer. You know, these guys can hit, um, crush a kid's skull with a base- baseball bat and get blood all over their face. And they're, they're not fine. That's how it would spread. Yeah, if it's incredibly right. violent uh, yeah. and there's blood everywhere, that's right. how it would spread. But it doesn't spread like that in this movie, no, so it doesn't matter. Danny Boyle specific. is not an epidemiologist; it doesn't it doesn't really matter. But right, um, so tell us what happens in this uh, in these three movies, which are all shrunk down to one movie. Um, these environmentalists break into a lab because um, they're going to free these monkeys who they feel have been treated unfairly and unhumanely or inhumanely. And the scientist, It's an animal testing facility. Yeah, and the scientist guy shows up and he's like, don't let them out. This they're, is the first scene, by the way. Yeah, I, I know. Their blood is infected. Well, What if, let's find a film where they tell you everything that happens in the first scene. Dune. I like you to hear your recap, Dune, or would you just go blue screen? You'd be like, uh, Virginia Madsen comes out and explains everything that happens in Dune. Now, because she does that, I will have to explain everything that happens in Dune. And then, like, (laughs) the planet Arrakis is the source of spice. Yeah, right. And then I I go, stop, stop. (sighs) Yeah. I don't care about uh, Dean Stockwell. Stop. (laughs) And then we'd actually have, like, a setup. But go ahead and tell me what happens. Okay, uh, so the scientists like their blood is infected. They're they're angry. It's bad. Don't let them out. We've been they'll, showing them they'll, uh, they'll kill you. Fox News. Yeah, right. Um, well, they let them out and uh, they bite one of the the, the people, and then we just kind of see it kind of spread. And then the next thing we know, it's um, uh, is it twenty eight days, days later? later? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How, how do I not know that? The next, um, it's the Fast and the Furious. Yeah, and I mean then, it's Superman. I mean it's twenty eight days later. Uh, uh, Killian Murphy is it Killian Murphy or Cillian? It's Killian. Killian. Right? Yeah, Killian Murphy, um, is a character who is we find out later is a bike courier. Um, he wakes up in a hospital and nobody is around. He has no idea what's happening, um, and he uh, eventually runs into two other people who. Um, have not been infected. They kind of take them under their wing. They let him know what's happening. This virus has spread, um, you know, and he's worried about his family. They're like, they're, he, they're probably dead. Anyways, he he teams up with them um, and, you know, to survive. And um, eventually they um, uh, team up with um, a, a dad and a daughter. And then the second part of the movie starts and they, they go on this car trip um, to uh, go to where they think this army base is, where they think they'll be safe. 
Um, and so they travel there and it's their adventures there. Uh, then they actually show up to the army base um, where they are eventually um, taken to the to the new base. And um, Christopher Cleston is um, uh, the, the head army guy uh, in command. And he has like maybe... 12 or 15 other army guys that are there and they have this whole setup and they have running water. They've got food. Seems like a really great deal. Um, and then Killian Murphy uh, finds out that um, he basically promised his guys women. And so there's going to be um, a lot of um, unwanted sex. Um, like they're, they're going <laughs> to... I don't know why I said it that way. Um, it's going to be a double rape. And uh, Killian Murphy is not happy about that, to say the least. So That is my favorite <laughs> British film. A lot of unwanted sex. Um, so he, they're, they're like, oh, um, uh, Christopher O'Klesson is like, kill him, you know, and like this one other guy. And so they're going to kill him. But... Uh, he gets away, um, and they unless you're going to the to the very end to the uh, AFL CIO logo at at the end of the credits, uh, we got it. Right? Yeah, we got it. So yeah, they decided yeah. it's it's not a great it's, place. It's uh, you know, uh, I guess there were zombie movies around this time. I mean, the early two thousands zombie movies came um, moaning back in a big way, um, but this is uh, for a lot of people. Um, like the signifier of like the start of like fast zombies. There were fast zombies before this, but this is sure. where like fast zombies really became popularized. Mm-hmm. Um, and even movies that weren't trying to plant a flag as fast zombie, like now if you see a zombie, it could be fast or slow. Right. Like there is no real distinction anymore. And I think this movie is a, is a big part of that. Um, this movie was shot all on video. Which is a weird choice. Um, it's a weird choice, but it gives it kind of a low budge kind of verite thing. There are there are no computer effects that I can discern. Right? There's no. like no CGI. Mm-mm. Maybe um, some masking in the um, in the London scenes. Um, you know, to get rid of the cars that are probably angrily honking for this crew to get off the road because they got to get over Westminster right. Bridge. Right. Um, those scenes are are incredible. Um, yeah. They shot those um, very early in the morning, either pre-dawn or just after dawn, like on Sundays. Wow. So think about like you just set up, all right, we've got like a month, let's say, you know, like a month of Sundays right. uh, where we just go out and you got to, we got to shave uh, Killian Murphy's head again, yeah. just in the one spot <laughs> and then trim the rest and you right. have to set up the continuity. And there's that scene where the bus is overturned and it, that was just a, you know, it wasn't a real bus. It was like a, you know, dummy mock-up that they basically had to, like, the crew just ran out, dropped it, wow. filmed the scene, and then pick it up and go and okay. do it all in, like, 20 minutes. And so, yeah, in terms of that, it's, you know, it's an amazing accomplishment mm-hmm. to to basically um, make a convincing, empty London. Uh, right. It's not, it's not like the most expensive shot in movie history, which is, like, an empty Times Square where, in Vanilla Sky where Tom right. is like, Meh. Which right. now, now you would just, I mean, you still have to block traffic, but right. you could just do, do up people, with uh, yeah. CGI. You could do a virtual Times Square, a holodeck, basically, and then Tom sure. Hanks could just look around. You can make it convincing. But yeah, so it's it's both like, um, sort not low effort, like I don't care, but like um, low tech and kind yeah. of very intense at the same time. 
because yeah. you know they're driving on the M1 at one point, and they also had to clear off you know the M1 and block everything, and so there was a lot of cooperation with uh, government services to get this there film would have made. To be in, in a film that has like a cast of maybe a dozen or twenty people. Right. Tops. There's there's not a whole lot of of uh, characters in it. Boyle um, Boyle purposefully cast. Um, little known actors, at least at that time. Killian Murphy had done independent films, but was not well known to the public. Mm-hmm. Um, Naomi Harris, uh, who's Money Penny uh, in the current oh, James I Bond didn't films, know that. had not done much at this point. Okay. And Megan Burns has done like two movies until she moved into her music career as Betty Curse. Whoa. That it sounds is dark. What you think it is. Okay. Um, just like goth music or something like that. Or look behind you. Okay. Very goth. Yes. Wow. Two thousands goth. Okay. Well, that's uh. Yes. And and uh, Brendan Gleeson and Christopher Leston. What are you not going to have them in your movie just because they're famous? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that Christopher Leston was in this, and I got super excited when I saw him, and then his character was an absolute jerk. Yeah. Um, yeah, but but you know did a great job at it. You hated him, yeah. But um, and perfect for Eccleston that that sort of kind menace that he has. Oh my gosh! And you could easily yeah. this could easily have been an, an Arlie Ermy type who's like you're gonna do this and you're gonna do that and uh, and just yelling at everybody. But he's just like even while he's like trying to explain uh, to. Um, Jim, that uh, yeah. yeah, so get on board, so we can you know rape these girls. Right. This is the, what the way it's going to be. You He's can like, join us. You can but join this us. This is going to happen. Give you an opportunity. Yeah, Kill great. Him. Shoot him. I know. <laughs> yeah. Like what a what a great guy. Um, <laughs> I mean, I do think that the maybe shooting it on video kind of helped make it feel kind of like claustrophobic, even though it's like this huge empty. London, yeah, in a way. So I think that that kind of helped too. But do you think? I feel like we 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 talked about this when we were watching it. Like, do you think it was? Yeah, I think a lot of the streets would be abandoned. But do you think how realistic do you think it is that like, um, we didn't see a lot of cars? Oh piled yeah, up, I mean every apocalypse know? movie, you can kind of argue this. I thought it was weird that when they go because this isn't the stand. You know what I mean? Like right. This, you get this thing and you go it's, insane yeah, and become a whirling, whirling fist dervish. And yeah. you are either, I guess they don't attack each other. So you either join a group of um, screamers or whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. or you are killed and just lay there. And so at one point, Jim goes into a diner and it's a very like Larry in the stand type situation. There's It's just full of dead people who died eating their food, which yeah. would be impossible unless they all put cyanide in their food and decided to right. commit suicide together. Mm-hmm. Like it just wouldn't. And there's one little kid who's like, <laughs> right. but like they would all have relocated either because they were running from zombies or they became, or zombies, became themselves. zombies. Yeah. So I don't know. You would either, I, people would just end up in giant piles or something, wouldn't they? Yeah. Yeah, and you don't really see a lot of that. Yeah. Um like the like later um when they're going to shoot uh Jim Kelly Murphy's character and like the one army guy who they decided he's I guess too much of a loose cannon or something like that. Um they they take him to the forest and there's this pile of bodies there. So we don't know if these are all zombies that they've killed 
or if there are other civilians that didn't want to play along that they've killed. Both. Or both. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Um, which is really, really dark. But that's like the only real big pile of bodies that we see in this film. Yeah. Um, it's hard it's hard to say. And we don't get any idea because the whole premise is that it's, you know, 28 days later. Jim, right. you know, has suffered some kind of a traumatic brain injury and yeah. is in a hospital. And this movie did come out before The Walking Dead. But what do you want? Mm-hmm. I guess it doesn't matter. Right. So anyway, a character wakes up in a hospital after being in a coma and learns that society has gone to shit. You tell me. You tell me. Who copied who? Well, but was the comic book out? Nope. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. Right. Nope. This exactly. black and white comic book that is a, is as told in serial, so you can make it up as you go. Mm-hmm. Robert Kirkman stole the idea from yeah. Twenty Eight Days Later. I, 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 I don't want. Why be coy? <laughs> <laughs> that hack stole that idea from uh... Alex Garland. So anyway. Because uh, plus a movie doesn't come out. It's not written when it comes out. It was filmed and written before 2002, wasn't well, it? Well, that's absolutely correct. And yeah. Walking Dead started in 2003. So anyway, um, yeah. So we don't really get any sense of it. So sorry, apocalypse nerds. Uh, your, your questions aren't going to be answered. No. Um, and I did feel a little dismayed at that. A little bit. But I can headcanon it. Yeah, right. But this movie's too busy being three different movies. And the reason oh I gosh. say that is there are certainly really three is. different settings. Yeah. But also the theme changes. I know the theme ultimately is, you know, the people that you choose to be around are your family. Yes. And we get that in, in all three. Yeah. And everybody has an arc in a way. And I'm not criticizing it. But it is it it is specifically very strange that it the first part is sort of a, a apocalypse movie. And the second yeah. part is more of a... Road trip, adventure, Road trip in the apocalypse movie. Yeah. Yeah. And then the fourth or the third part is a total like survival horror, you know, haunted house movie. Absolutely. Yeah. Zombieland also ripped this off, didn't it? It's like, what if this but funny? Yeah. Because that's also four people, uh, a young guy who's sort of a misanthrope, an older guy uh, who has all... It's the strategies. Yes. Um, I guess it's only the middle part of the movie, right? Yeah, And then right. a young woman who's jaded, and then a young girl who's just kind of long for the ride. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But um, And Zombieland also has a theme of, you know, we're a family because we're four people who don't, you know, want to be together, but we've learned that it's more important to be together than to, to be it's, apart. It's the smart way to survive. We're going to survive a lot better together than, than apart. Yeah, um, and the the young girl in this, like, even says when they, um, you know, when they, um, gosh, Jim, and then what what is the other um, character's name who he meets up with first? I can't remember her name right now. Um, uh, uh, Money Penny. Yeah. Selena. Yeah, they. You know, she's really. Um, she's seen a lot. We, we get that. And like she's been traumatized, but she's kind of like surviving is important. And I will if you turn, I will kill you. Yeah. And she makes that very clear. When she kills Mark. Yeah. Right. Which I was not expecting that to happen very early on. But but they're setting that up. So, you know, she's serious. Yeah. Um, and but so then when they find um, the uh, the dad and the, the young girl, his daughter, um, you know, she says to Jim, they probably need us more than we need them because, you know, we're tough and we'll kill people and, you know, yeah. we've got survival skills. 
But like the young girl is like, we all need each other, you know? And I think that that was like, <laughs> thanks Betty curse. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I thought that was like a, a good point. And um, I thought it was kind of, so none of their, it's not like their their jobs from before the apocalypse necessarily make a huge impact on what their their survival rate. But like, um, the dad was a taxi driver, so he has a cab, yeah. and so he's like kind of a crazy driver. <laughs> and, and luckily, so the roads are them. empty for some reason. Right. I mean, they do get a flat and a tunnel, which was really stupid. I don't want my entire contribution to be. Well, so (laughs) my entire contribution to this apparently is going to be nitpicking the apocalypse. But (laughs) what would happen? You're you're as they prove in the film when they go out to the countryside and have a nice time eating a picnic. And it's like, wait, we could just stay here. No, we got to get to survivors because the film is all about how. We, we need We're each other. We're stronger together. Yeah. But mm-hmm. the things that we kind of do to each other is the problem as seen in the third part of the film. And right. So you can't just abandon society. It's that need and drive to be with other people, but also it's the hedgehog's dilemma because other people hurt other people. Yeah. But they're they're going to drive out there. What would happen? You're you're less, you're the least safe in, in population centers, right? So everybody would be driving out of town. If yes. everybody drives somewhere, yeah. there is cars. A, 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 a traffic jam. Yes. So there would be a bunch of cars and a traffic jam. Yes. Now, presumably these people aren't infected because they can drive a car and know that they need to leave. Right. And maybe they brought somebody with them, but zombies don't like hide in this. They're like, Rah! No, so they do those not cars hide. would have never made it, yeah. right? Yeah. So you've got you just have a long traffic jam of people all like, come on, what's going on here? Come on. And then in another zombie movie, you'd have the real life people kill each other because the point is, is that man is the is the, the real, real monster. monster. Man yeah. is the real zombie. Yeah. Well, I think we get that with Christopher. Whatever the Classman scenario, the car would be the, the road would be choked with cars. It would. Yeah. No, I agree, and that's like that's one why you of take things. a train. Like in Korea. Like a train in Busan, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just, uh, you know, things like, you know, they go to the to the Sainsbury's or whatever it is, and nobody's been in there. All they have to do is just break the front window, and you've got a full... Pristine, pristine shop. shop, you know, yeah. that hasn't been looted in any way. Grocery store. I know. We, like I said, we don't know how it unfolds. It doesn't matter to the plot, or even to the, you know, the tone of the some very scary scenes in the film. But, you know, we get a fun scene out of it where they're... It is a fun scene. Where they're scene. doing their shopping scene. But yeah, it's like a shopping spree. Why would it spree. be like that? I know, <laughs> it just right? wouldn't. Why would it be pristine? Why would there be no dead bodies around? Why would there be no, not even a single zombie yeah, I don't, or I don't know. no windows broken? Maybe there, there was a, a, a successful uh, concerted evacuation effort in London that got most of the people out. Maybe. Um, I, I, they do mention that, you know, in, when he reads the paper that there are evacuation efforts, but so maybe they started with London and so that's why Jim had a chance in the first place, mm-hmm. just lying unconscious on a, yeah. on an operating table well, they, they for 28 days. They mentioned later. There'd be a lot more poop. <laughs> it just would be super I guess if gross. you're not eating, you're not pooping. We don't know when he, I guess he, well, he was insensate for for most of for 28 days yeah but he was being attended to yeah so it must have been like a couple days right yes somehow the opera no see that does that ruins it too because they're still doing like major surgeries in hospitals um right three four days because how long can you survive without water like Mm -hmm. even if he had an iv in right Mm -hmm. uh three or four days before he wakes up 
they finished brain surgery on him. Yeah, right. Isn't so it? He's, so he's running around. Maybe they did the brain surgery right away. Okay, all right. This is like, look, this is this is the show. Yeah. Maybe they did brain surgery 30 days before. Sure, right. So he's still in a coma. Mm-hmm. They're monitoring him. Mm-hmm. They're also watching the news and going, goo. Right. If we're to assume that the monkey escaped the same day that like they, right. they cut into his brain. Mm-hmm. So it's 30 days of hair growth on the side of his head. He's... And he wasn't on a tail. I think they were like bathing him or something like that, right? So like mm-hmm. a, a week, let's say a week before they go, oh, Stinky, we're going to give you a bath. Mm-hmm. Um, they give him a bath. It's very sexy because somehow we've made like nurses giving you a sponge bath sexy. I don't know why. I blame Seinfeld. Yeah. I drink your body like an abusement park. <laughs> but then they go, we got to get out of here. And they um, they leave the key. They lock the door, but they leave him the key. Remember that? Because he yes, just finds the he key. Yes, he just finds the yeah. key. And they're like, you're on your own, buddy. Because we don't yeah. know if you're going to wake up and we can't carry you. Oh, that actually makes... And I made it work. That actually makes sense that, like, somehow, like, the hospital was, like, they knew it was bad and they evacuated. Because I was thinking as you were talking... Yeah, I'm sure if Jim Jim went upstairs, he would find a lot of old people on respirators that are not working now because there's no power. Yeah, right. Well, I just think it's weird. Like, he didn't, like, totally explore the entire hospital. But if they evacuated, it makes sense. But, like, you would think there would be bodies or zombies around somewhere. Um, I also would think that... Um, they live in a, uh, uh, the dad, Frank and Hannah live in a, yeah. um, council flat and it's probably like 20, 25 stories, right? It's tall. And so it's been 28 days. He's gotten every, clearly he can get into other units cause he's got every Tupperware yes. thing in the building on the roof. Yeah. And I do like the idea that it's like, it's not raining. <laughs> it hasn't yeah. rained in a month. It's yeah. England. Come on. Right. Um, but if there are at least, let's say there are 12 rooms on a floor, 12 times 20 is 240. There are 240 toilet and toilet reservoirs yeah, that in that building. Yeah. Uh, even if you rated all 240 toilet reservoirs, which would be quite an effort, you'd have plenty of water, wouldn't you? Yeah, and you just boil the water and then you can use it. Plus the water would work for a while because it's all gravity, right? He said he didn't want to. He didn't want to risk it. He said the noise brought them in. Oh, yeah. That, that was a quick But you could line. still scoop the water. You wouldn't like it, but you could scoop yeah. the water out of the toilets and yeah. all the toilet reservoirs, which would be potable. <clears throat> yes. Um, you could you could definitely do that. This is um, not what the movie's about. No, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> I, um, I apologize. I did think it was... I mean, they didn't totally, like... Um, lay everything out to Jim when they first met him. They, they told him, like, the basics that he needed to survive. Like, you don't go out at night. You stick in a group. You don't travel alone. If you don't you can light help a candle it. and have a flashback well, that's where you're what talking I mean. to your parents. Like, he has the window. Like, it's not open, but, like, there's no blinds. Or maybe they are blinds. But he's like, well, they're asleep. I'm going to light a candle. And that, like, the zombies are smart. So they see that and they, like, attack. And then he's, like, freaking out because at least one of them is, like, a neighbor that he recognizes. It's like, yeah, they're, they're yeah, a monster Jim. now. What do you, yeah, they're monsters. Yeah. What, what, do you, what did you expect? You know? So. Um, also, wow, the parents. <laughs> it's pretty um, bleak, you know? But I guess they decided let's commit suicide together instead of... Um, becoming horrible zombies i guess yeah and, maybe like, there are more killing each down other the block the, there are a lot of uh, couples in beds but in the note they write are like don't wake up <laughs> it's, it's like, wow. like wow i know it's pretty bad that's rough 
Yeah, it's really rough. Um, I think that they could have. So let's talk about the themes here. Um, yeah. The themes are a family. Also the theme of oh, boy, the world so bad, right? Yes. I guess it's very muddled for me because remember, before the outbreak, we see all those um, uh, uh, feeds that, the, that they're showing the monkey. Yeah, it's and not those, great. That's not footage from the riots and the outbreak. That's because this is before the outbreak. That's mm-hmm. just like, look at this world Horrible violence news. monkey. And yeah. become a, a right-wing commentator. <laughs> that monkey's got a bow tie on, and he's like, no, look at this. <laughs> Do you really think that? I don't know. Um, well, and I think that we could have lost the beginning. Because we never come back to that. I don't think we ever really try to. That's true. You say man is hum- inhumane, and we that's reflected again with um, Major West at the end and his uh, merry band of rapists. But it's n- I, you don't make a real statement on that. Other than no. like, they're, they're infected with rage or something yeah. that's supposed to be important, but we don't really come back to that either. Well, we see it throughout the film. We, we see it. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it isn't like, um, you know, um, uh, just another movie where you're infected with something and it makes, you know, it exaggerates the things that you are. You're feeling no. naturally. Or we, like, like if we had started with. Uh, like a Zack Snyder, let me finish, Whoa. kind of opening where you see that the world is already kind of shitty and I tried and let's kick this bag thing of oranges. Right. Right. And then, you know, the, the rage virus is bringing out all these prejudices and racism that we've got. It, that's not what it is. Mm-hmm. This is. The world is kind of the way it is. And then we made a, a rage medicine. I yeah, guess. right. So, yeah, I mean... Yeah, no, we don't meet the the, sci- the Bucktooth scientists later. We don't meet any of the Greenpeace no. people. Like, no. I think we could have lost that. I think you're probably right. How would you have started it? Would you just start it with Killian Murphy? I'd have Betty or... Curse be like, the world isn't as nice as your VO as you think it is. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, You know what? I don't know. I didn't write it. But yeah. if it's completely unconnected, that seems like a good thing to cut, right? Yes. I know it's the beginning, but... But we, like you said, we never come back to it. It has we nothing never, to do with anything. Nobody talks about scientists or monkeys or how did it start. No, and they, would, and they, and they wouldn't know. So no. I'm just saying, if it's if you're going for verite, you're going for video handheld. Um, it's not all, it's not handheld. Um, but if you're going for video and we're in the character's shoes and they don't know, then why do we know? What does it matter? Yeah, fair. Um, I, 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 I agree with you. I would have cut it too. It's not necessary. Um... um this movie is uh, very influential, mm-hmm. I think. Um, there's a specific reference in the idea that Jim uh, drinks Pepsi. Yes. Uh, it might be a uh, product placement, but it's important because that's become sort of, at least in the first part of the movie, um, the food that they eat because... Yeah, they have pop. Yeah. It's liquid. It hydrates you. It's sugar. got a ton of sugar and it's easy to carry. And so he sort of raids the Pepsi machine. Well, Damon Lindelof's World War Z rips this off for no good reason other than maybe just literally being a a product placement. Because after he, Brad Pitt, you know, finds the cure or whatever, he goes back and he just cracks open a Pepsi and he's like, ah, delicious. And then he kicks the machine open, I think. So all the cans roll out and they're very noisy and they attract the monsters and they go a different way. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. But it's just like that was in another zombie movie. Yeah, why are the, you one of the most that? famous zombie movies of all time? You're not getting away with why this. Why are you drawing attention to it? That's weird. I also think that like when he uh, is walking around London, he's going, "Hello, yes, is anybody there?" Yeah, right. 
uh, when did the Gorillaz first album come out? <laughs> because the Gorillaz <laughs> sample Day of the Dead, which has a character, you know, walking through an empty city being oh. like, hello, is anyone there? Oh, uh, okay. In M1A1. So this is either a reference to the Gorillaz song, if it came before. Right. Or to Day of the Dead, George Romero's uh, Day of the Dead. Okay. I think Interesting. So. Interesting. Um, what do you think, too? Like, he first comes across, like, a, he goes to, and we don't know what his um, religious or spirituality is. Not. I would say not. Yeah. But, like, but like Jim goes to, he's wandering around, and one of the places he goes to is a church, and that's where he finds a lot of bodies, because I think people were in there praying when they got attacked. Um, and, and I can't remember, there was something written on the wall. And they're all there and not, were all infected and then ran out of the church to fight and kill other people. Yeah, right. I don't know how it works. But like, and then he like sees like, um, the, the priest or the father and like he's infected and like he hits him and he's like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that. It's like, well, he's going to kill you if you don't attack him. So, but we're, you know, making a statement about. Yeah. You know, how, I know what you believe doesn't matter in this apocalypse or whatever. There's that uh, very cheeky, I think the Brits would say, thing yeah. where the, you know, it says on the wall, like, yes. the end is extremely effing nigh. Yeah. And the yeah. way it's not spray painted, yes. it's in like block paint letters and it goes up 25 feet. So this yep. hopeless soul would have had to have gotten a friend, put a ladder up, yep. <laughs> and spent a lot of... Now, should it be... Give me the level again. I want to make sure it's straight. It's just not... You know, I, I, Look, it's just it's just window dressing. It, I know. It's about know. tone and mood. But <laughs> come on. <laughs> I know. It's it's silly. It's really silly. Um, uh, this... Uh, I, don't keep, I don't mean to keep eyeing uh, when you... Uh, uh, if you have something to say, just uh, spit it out. But I do have a, a list of notes that I'm going through here. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, this was released, filmed before, but released after 9-11. And so oh. I think that that helped um, it sort of burrow its way into people's minds. Sure. Especially the scene in Trafalgar Square where he goes up and he's um, seeing all the pictures of like, uh, have you seen, Is he's 47 years yes. old. And, yeah. Um, nowadays, wow. in the time of COVID, it takes on a different sort of resonance. It does. It does. Like there's this horrible virus and people are getting infected and it's spreading really fast and people are dying. Um, wow. It's... It's, um, you know, it's upsetting, but like, and I think that, you know, obviously the government didn't handle it well in this uh, particular instance too. Like there were evacuation plans, but it seems like most, for the most part, they came too late for an actual evacuation to happen. I guess we've, Uh, we've already sort of struggled with this. Yeah, I know. But there, there, there are some lines, um, at some point in the movie, they, they talked about, um, how uh, they heard about this infection hitting um, Paris and New York first. Yeah. And then there's this other line that somebody else, I think one of the soldiers talks about how nobody cares about them and they're quarantining them in England and everybody's forgot about them. They're just like uh, an infected island and maybe the rest of the world is okay. Right. But we know the rest of the world isn't okay because Paris and New York were affected. We don't know that because, oh, you spoilers, think? it turns out at the end that England, I don't know, again, 
here's another theme. Is this a commentary on England or, Eng- or English society, mm. uh, British society? Because right. it is fine. Jim sees a plane flying. That's the, true. The outside world is working. That guy was right. Um, at the time, it seems like a weird comment. Later on, it's like the voice of the screenwriter telling us that this right. is a story about England and not about anywhere else. Right. And the sequel picks up on that because it, 28 days or weeks later is um, – the repopulation of Britain. You know, all the people who got out or weren't there come home to... Because it's safe. No, it's not. It's a zombie movie. Of course it's not. It's not. And so, again, it's like, as far as the muddling of themes goes, well, what's what's that about? Yeah. For the sequel, do do any of the cast come back for the sequel? Nobody wants to come back to this thing. Oh, okay. All right. That's too bad. Yeah. Um... I do think, um, you know, Killian Murphy, I think he did a good job. Um, the, the actress who plays Money Penny and is the, the female lead in this, what is her name again? Naomi Harris. Naomi Harris. I think she did a really great job. Um, yeah, I think she did too. Um, I think that everybody does a pretty good job in this. Uh, Brendan Gleeson is um, uh, a great actor. Uh, yeah. I think. His kid isn't, but uh, <laughs> but he is. Aww. and. He really provides um, kind of a subtle edge to this. Um, I especially like, like, I mean, it's devastating when he gets the thing and he knows that he's got seconds to say goodbye to his daughter before. And also tell her, go, I'm coming after you. Don't come near me. Yeah. Like, I love you. You know, I do anything for you. I guess if he was really smart, he'd just start bashing his head against the pavement, try to kill himself before he can... (laughs) He can transform. But yeah, that's but that's the sort of uh, dark darkness that lives in my heart. He doesn't have a gun or anything like that. Yeah. No, he doesn't. Yeah. So, um, he uh, yeah. But um, did we talk about the tunnel? You brought up the tunnel. Yeah. Which itself seems to me to be sort of a reference to like the stand. Um, there's a very famous yes. scene in the Lincoln Tunnel in in the stand, but instead it's just like. Let's just show people how easy it is to deal with problems in this universe because just the, go the tunnel would be packed. Yeah. And then they show that it is blocked. But apparently you can drive a black cab uh, up, a, up a ramp that someone has put there. Thanks, thanks, crew. And then you can just drive over cars. In a, I, I, know. I know. He's a crazy there's cab a lot, driver. There's a lot that we have to <laughs> see. No, if they had. Right. Yeah, I don't think they were. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's... That, that, that stretched the disbelief a it, little bit. It did, and it was like, well, this is a bad idea. I know this is a bad idea. Um, why are we doing this? And even, like, one of the characters was like, you know, we should just go the long way. And it's like, no, this this is the shortest way. Let's do this. And then... I guess they're just showing that, like, Jim doesn't always know when... If Jim is kind of a dick in this film. He is kind of a jerk. He's kind of a petulant baby yes. a lot of the time. Um, it's a coming of age story where a, a petulant baby um, learns to become a zombie. <laughs> well, and then like, like, <laughs> become like a, a, a remorseless zombie. I know. And um, uh, the um, um, uh, God, I forget Lay her it name. On me. Her name again, Naomi, Naomi, Selena, Selena, Serena. Selena. Um, just kicks so much butt. And like, if it wasn't for her, he'd be dead. I don't even know how many times over. And he even like recognizes that at some point. So maybe there is a little bit of growth there, but, um, uh, you know, I think she did a really great job and I wish she was in, um, more things. Yeah. But, um, I, 
And I guess she sticks with him because it's safety in numbers, right? Like, um, and that's kind of like what we're led to believe. And I they, guess, but they also... grow to have affection for each other. Yeah. I know. I mean, it's you know, what do you want? It's a movie. There aren't a lot of people left. No, there aren't. So if you land, if if these two people land the people they land, it's like, well, we should lock this in. Probably. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Otherwise, it's going to be one of the goofy, uh, crooked-teethed uh, soldiers <laughs> that we meet you know, along the way. Who All of them were awful. Let's get to that part. Yeah. Um. So what's that part about? Because it does seem that there is some kind of confused attack on on society on modern society right yeah and maybe the uh, emphasis that we place on security and the military industrial complex um yeah. i also got the idea that like you know sure our our heroes are confused and they don't know what to do and sometimes they're um they they're they uh, take a while to act but they're not these guys and if no, right. these guys are planning, you know, a new a new Eden, like their 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 plan this is, is that, that they're going to be society. And if society is built out of what's left and these are it, then maybe it's better if we are just zombies and, and society goes away. Uh, I think that maybe maybe that is it. And, and you know, like like there there are there. Nobody is in charge. Right. Um, these guys have created this, quote unquote, safe space you know right nice um and uh they they are essentially in charge and so when the people in charge are corrupt and evil um you you aren't safe and you're maybe you're better off on your own maybe it's not always which has always been selena's right ethos right and maybe more people isn't always the answer if the people are evil or corrupt, um, you know, and like Eccleston, basically, he um, rationalizes it because his his guys were losing morale, and like one of them was like, had he found him with a gun to his head, and he was going to kill himself unless he promised them women, and <laughs> yeah, and and so that's how he justifies this, and he's okay with it, yeah, you know. It's not like he necessarily is going to take part, but he's going to let them do whatever they want to um, Selena and, and Hannah. Yeah, um, I liked um, speaking of things that uh, people have stolen from this. Um, the idea of having a zombie chained for some reason—I'm sure that yeah. was in a Romero movie or two, but that's in uh, I think in uh, Last of Us Two. Um, they have uh, they chain up zombies as um, as sentries, basically. You know what else it's in is uh, the Simon Pegg movie. What is that called? Why can't I think of what it's called with the zombies? Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead. Why can't I think of what it? Um, his his buddy right. gets infected and they chain him up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, right as a joke. As but a joke. I, I'm I saying know. the idea of yeah. All right. So zombies and chains have probably been together since the first zombie. All right. In a movie. A silent movie. I'm sure. just saying the idea of like weaponizing a chained up zombie exists in The Last of Us too, because they, the people that Ellie are trying to kill, have set them up. So you'd be stupid to go across somebody's yard if uh, zombies were chained at intervals, right? Yeah. But if you use your little gun to shoot the chain, now you've got a free zombie who's just going to turn right. around and kill everybody in the house. Right. And that was exactly what happens. In right. This. Right. No. Yes. Absolutely. Um. And like, 
it they I think they 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 definitely set it up right because Killian Murphy is kind of like weirded out by this, but he's like intrigued at the same time too, and like. It's kind of amazing that the zombie doesn't, like, I can't remember, Killian Murphy must have gotten away or something like that, but he, he like, does not attack Killian Murphy. He just goes into the house and, like, like is there is there some remnant of his, like, he knows who did this to him, so he's going to attack them Possibly. First? I mean, we, we all we get from this is that they're just, you would assume that they're just unending kettles of rage, right? But yeah. But when... Maybe they have learning ability. Maybe they have cognizance because when Doctor Who shows him the zombie, mm-hmm. he's mad at first, but then he's just kind of like, just kind of looking around. So maybe right. he's just, they have the ability to rage and also bide their time or <laughs> right, right. or be distracted by something. Uh, I don't know. But it, it's all set up for at the end when Jim, you know, who is disillusioned and is doesn't like we never see his life before, so I feel like it has right. like less resonance. But that's true. He's such a he's such a prat that y- you can get the idea that he's probably a prat and disillusioned in his yeah. his own young life. Probably. And so he finally. It, this is about Gen X, man. He finally gives in to rage, at his own rage, at the yes. end, and becomes you know, uh, you know, zombie like in a way. Yeah. And like he, we, I don't know if am I on something. There? No, you are. <laughs> um, and like Selena isn't sure if like he well, he's yeah. turned uh, because he does like kill one of the guys and, and then Hannah hits him enraged. in the back of the head. We yeah, all, we all have a good laugh. Right, exactly. <laughs> She's like, "You were attacking her. I was kissing it's a kiss. her. Yeah. I was kissing her. Yeah. Why we would kiss each other when our faces are covered with blood? No one knows. But that's what we're up to. Good point. <laughs> Especially infected blood or nobody. Hand, yeah. Nobody cares about transmission in this film, even though <laughs> that's such a big part of it. We're supposed to be totally scared of it. Yeah, yeah. it's fine. Whatever. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's not not a criticism. No. Um. Yeah, I feel like everybody stole a zombie as a pet. Um. Anything else you can think of? It's um, uh, definitely, um, I, I don't think the zombies in general are a uh, criticism of toxic masculinity, but the third act of the movie certainly is. Yeah, definitely. Um, I do really like that um, Selena, for as hard um, and jaded as she is, she really takes Hannah under her wing, especially oh, yeah. when like Hannah's dad dies and she just wants to take care of her and protect her. Oh yeah. She's absolutely the, the disillusioned, disillusioned idealist. In this yeah, yeah. Yeah. And she's like, take me, don't take her. And she's like, I'm going to give you drugs. You don't care. And like, but then I also really like how, um, uh, when they're about to escape the house and, um, Hannah gets in the car and they find a Cleston in the back seat and he's got a gun point and he, he shoots Jim, which stinks, but sucks, whatever. But like stinks and sucks. Uh, but Hannah Both. like is like, I'm going to take care of this. And she just like, like backs the car up into the house and like a Cleston like gets crashes out of the car. Or the zombie picks him out of the car or whatever. And like, he gets bitten and attacked and then they drive away. It's like, Wow, quick thinking, Hannah. Um, it's didn't know that would happen. I didn't know that was in your skill set. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, especially when you're uh, whacked out on uh, whatever well, you were on. Right. But it, it still it works. It's cool. It's definitely the work of a not first time, but like an, an early screenwriter mm-hmm. who's like, I can do this, and I'm gonna do it. Right. It doesn't matter if it doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. It's just a cool thing, and so. There's, this is that's that's what frustrates me about this film, which I do enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
is that it's a combination of like almost big ideas and cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And just when you're like, oh, I'm going to get that good idea. Like, no, oh, no, they're doing something else. Oh, but it's cool, though. So whatever. Right. <laughs> it right. Like, keeps interrupting your thought patterns with cool stuff. <laughs> Which is good because maybe if you went a little deeper, there, there isn't anything there. It's possible. Maybe. Um, I did. I was a little weirded out. Like it, they made it seem like it was going to end um, in the car because they kind of like jolt and everything and it freeze frames. And then they like yeah, fast what, forward. What's up with the Guy Ritchie freeze frame? Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's me. And I then, bet you're wondering how I got in this back seat yeah, with a yeah, hole in my stomach. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then they like fast forward to I don't like I don't know how many days later after we see flashes. Another twenty. No, it, no, it literally is another twenty-eight days. Is later, it? Isn't it? Yeah, because yeah. the same graphic comes out. And then like like they're in some idyllic like country cottage that they've somehow found that is fine, and they're well, they're in the middle of nowhere. They have. Yeah. They have, have shelter in the middle of the the company of other humans, you know? And yeah. so, yeah, by isolating, they, ironically, they want to get back with other people, but yeah. by not, again, I feel like that's a muddled theme because that's the theme of The Stand, which was written in the 70s and then was updated in the 80s. And I'm not sure really what the theme of The Stand is, but right. uh, it's, it's, well, it's an anti, you know, like religious text, basically, because mm-hmm. everybody... F- f- gathers under the religion of evil, a flag, um, which is, we don't have to do this. We'll do the stand someday. Sure. (laughs) But anyway, the point is at the end of the stand, after they've beaten evil, they all separate. And he makes a point of saying that like humans just kind of lived apart after that. They didn't, you know, come together anymore, which is like, drop that on us at the end of the book. Really? I know, right? It's depressing. At the end of... Of, of human civilization? Right. The end of community. Um, I mean, it's the end of civilization, but is it the end of, yeah, of community? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Right. Dan Harmon could always do a movie still. Would you recommend this? <laughs> I would. Um, you know, I enjoyed it. It's, um, I I don't know why people don't talk about it as much anymore. Uh, it was, I, I think because it, it built, because it built a new generation of movies like this in a mm-hmm. lot of ways, you know, mm-hmm. it, and also Zack Snyder. What about Zack Snyder? <laughs> Zack Snyder exists because of this. Aww. He did a also a sort of gritty run and gun kind of uh, you know remake of of Dawn of the Dead, and got a lot of you know attention and notoriety because of it. And now he's you know making TV, making TV movies with Jared. Yeah, Leto. I know ish. Okay. <laughs> Well, I don't like that aspect of it, but um, yeah, I would recommend it. Um, I think it's, um, I think it's a good film, um, and I, I think it's um, a good scary movie to watch for your Halloween month viewing. So yeah, I would definitely recommend it. How about you? Yeah, even though it's purely scientific, it has yeah. nothing to do with okay, like supernatural things. It's That's not true. the haunting of Bly House or whatever. But no. yeah, yeah, I would also uh, agree with that assessment. Um, do you think, well, what's your opinion of Alex Garland in general? Uh, you'll have to remind me what else he's done. The I don't beach, think I've seen this, Beach Sunshine. or Sunshine. Um, oh, you haven't so, seen Sunshine? No, I have not seen Sunshine. Should I put uh, that on my list? I don't know. Well, maybe we'll watch it someday. I don't know if I'd take a list spot for oh, it. okay. Um, also Annihilation, uh, Ex Machina. Oh, right. He wrote the script for Dread. Um, I love Dread. Um, he didn't I, never let me go. Okay. Well, 
<laughs> I liked I, I liked Annihilation. I thought Annihilation was good. Um, Ex Machina is I I think it's pretty okay. I think it's better. I, I mean, well, it's better than okay, but it's not excellent in my opinion. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Did it fall short of excellence? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I need to watch it again. But I, I think Annihilation is something that's really neat, uh, something you can really um, discuss and you think about a lot afterwards. It's weird and it's eerie and unsettling. Because the alien in Lena will combine with the alien yeah, in Kane. Exactly. And then they'll have crazy aliens all over the place. Right. Right. What? Um... <laughs> Yeah. It's um, funny that you would just mention that specifically in concert with, not that it was entertaining, but like that, but you can discuss it and there's a, yeah, you can discuss it. All right. There's a lot of things to discuss. Well, it, you, you can, and it, it is entertaining. Um, you can write fanfic about it. You you can, you can definitely do that. Um, so yeah, um, maybe I need to watch Sunshine um, and uh, I don't know, maybe I need to watch The Beach. I don't know. Yeah, but skip the beach. Skip the beach. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Definitely skip the um, beach. But I think he, you know, I think he's a decent writer, and like he, he, um, he's um, written some interesting stuff. Um, <laughs> That's what. what, what? A, thanks for your opinion, but what an empty comment. Wow. Okay. Um, Love that interesting stuff he does. Uh, yes. I, he's no, written some thought-provoking things. Okay. He, he does. He definitely. Um, I think that um, more than most. Um, quote unquote Hollywood people who make movies that end up being as big as the ones that he does. Mm-hmm. He, I think he's he, he's like Christopher Nolan, not just like Christopher Nolan. He tries to make you think while you're watching the explosions yes. or whatever. Yeah. Although I think that Christopher Nolan is deceptively deep. I think that right. his stuff is more shallow than anybody gives it credit for. At the same time, I think that Alex Garland is also, if Nolan is like 50% deep, I think Garland's 75% deep. I don't think that his stuff is quite as deep as people would give it credit for. But it does, even if you don't like it, like, Mm -hmm. I think I would at this point now grudgingly agree that Ex Machina is a good, quote unquote, good movie. Okay. I still don't love it. And I still retain the sort of, almost ugh, like reaction that I had when I walked out of it. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's art can do that. That's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I'm excited to see what he does. I almost think, so they've been talking about doing 28 months later. Okay. All right. Um, Did Garland do the sequel? I guess. I no, I don't think, I don't think so. Oh, okay. maybe don't quote me, but okay. Nobody likes it. So probably not. Probably not. Um, <laughs> David Lindelof probably. Uh, <laughs> um, what would you do for twenty eight months? Well, later? they don't want to, but I I'd say do twenty eight years later. Why not? Sure, months is the next division if in the um, in the uh, uh, Polish yeah. uh, abortion movie scale. Uh, boy, that, we should Whoa. talk about that again because that's going to be real important real real soon here. Yeah, no. Um, I don't know. What do you, what do you do? Um, I say that you <sighs> Boy, it's tough, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I don't think 28 months is enough. I don't think it is either because I mean, you think about it, it's a little over 2 years. That's it. Yeah. I don't think it's enough either. But um... if you but the farther you go, the more you stray into Romero uh, late Romero 
territory where it's now you're just the themes are like right we made a game show and you fight zombies on a game show and, mm-hmm. and it's just you know the, the social commentary becomes you know like More starkly distance. rendered yeah and less effective yeah um what else could you do 28 fortnights later um that's <laughs> Oh, I mean, oh, that's we're, even less, we're doing, we're doing less our, than months. We're doing our time distinctions now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tw- uh, yeah, 28 centuries later. Sure. Space zombies 28. have mastered their rage, but sometimes it uh, comes out. 28 decades later. 28 decades later. Um, yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> 28 epochs later. Yeah, right. The sun is a red cinder, <laughs> and zombies are, yeah. Maybe that's not going to work. Uh, zombies in space. Um, somehow zombies have engineered space travel and are able to travel from planet to planet. Um, yeah, and you're fighting a zombie in space and he's got a spacesuit on. Of course he does. Yeah. And then you pull his helmet off and he's like... <gasps> right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, right. I can still bite you. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> it's been one week since you looked at me. Cock your head to the sides and I'm angry. All right, well, that is our show. Uh, hopefully you have a spookatastic Halloween. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to get some rest and then some candy and try to renew this old brain of mine. Re- rejuvenate with sugar. <laughs> That's how it works, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, that's how you do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Bring everything back. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, uh, come back with... This is uh, what I'm talking about. What, <laughs> we're what? just We're just stumbling like zombies across the finish line. Oh. Find us on social media, Facebook and Twitter, uh, Instagram as well, at Just Enough Trope. Also, subscribe to the show. Give us a rating and a review. We really appreciate it. Yes. Give us five drops of blood right in your eye. Ish. And it's the kind of thing where... It's gross. You can't really predict that. No, but like Depends at the same time. Is. If you see it coming, you could kind of get out of the way. But at the same time, don't stand directly under the dead body. I know he's like mad at the crow that's like eating at That's him. right. We forgot to talk about that. Yeah. Because so he kind of gives in. Animals? He gives in to sort of anger, you know, at his frustration over the, their situation. Yeah. And then as he's doing that, his recklessness causes him to get. The, the real, the big the, anger. The blood in his eye, yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder if he had like been wearing glasses or sunglasses if it would have gotten into his eye. Everybody should wear goggles. There you go. You go to a hardware yeah, store right. you get those big goggles. And it doesn't obstruct because the you know they're designed like that. The mm-hmm. lenses are huge. Right. The mesh part on the outside is, is clear plastic. Yeah. You can see this way, this way, all the zombies coming. There you go. Didn't uh, Mark and, uh, and Selena had those at the beginning, didn't they? I thought they did. Yeah. What happened to her goggles? And Mark's not using his anymore, so she could just give him the gem. <laughs> well, rinse him off first. Yeah, right. A little splash, splash. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, all right. Well, give us five stars. Uh, we'll be back next week uh, to talk about something else. And until then, we're signing off. I'm your host, Caliban. I'm your co-host, Mikan Keep the geek fires burning. Yeah.